Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, thank you for that intro. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> well, it'll be always until you stop showing up, and then it'll right. be sometimes. Well, then or I'm in trouble. Whenever he feels like it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> if I stop coming, pray for my soul. I yeah. hear you. Is it good? <laughs> How you been doing? Are you good? Good, man. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm turning turning 45 this weekend, man. That's right. So, yeah. That's right. The big four five. That's right. Is it on Mother's older. Day or the day before? It's Well, actually, it's tomorrow. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the seventh, it yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, the seventh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy <laughs> early birthday, my friend. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, I am excited. I, I got to spend some time with you last night in the men's group. We had a great mm-hmm. group. Watched a Matthew Leonard video and on humility, and it was uh, seemed like a lot of humbling. guys were yeah, it's yeah. humbling, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. You know, I took a lot of pride in how humble I was right, after looking right. at it. And you go like, I am not as good as I think I am, or am I? That's no, right. That's, but it was a great yeah. group, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to spend some time with you this weekend too. Celebrate your birthday. Um, but you know, it was. I was reading some stuff this week, as I often do in Scripture, and that's where a lot of these shows come from when mm-hmm. something hits me, and I'm like, wow, I want to think about that. And so we've got a special show topic today. It's on conditions, and we'll get into that in just a minute. First of all, I just want to say thank you again to Covenant Eyes. Um, they've been a sponsor now for a few months, and it looks like they're going to continue to sponsor us for a while. So they're doing great work there. I know so many men that have been helped in their struggle with pornography and lust uh, by putting their system on uh, the computer and their devices, their iPads, their their iPhones, all of that, and protecting themselves from it, but also their family. And that's something that we have to keep in mind is that, you know, today we, let's face it, we like to give our kids all these devices and stuff, and we may not always be the best about making sure that they're secured and that they're protected. You know, those Google passwords and things like that only go so far. You need something that's really built mm-hmm. specifically to keep that stuff out of the hands and the eyes of your children. So, you know, you can sign up for Covenant Eyes. It covers all your devices. You can go for a free trial at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. You know, don't let sexual sin hold your hold back your growth. Your screen accountability from Covenant Eyes will help you live a porn-free life of integrity and enjoy deep, meaningful relationships with God, your family, and friends. So, guys, if you're struggling, you need to do something about it, and getting Covenant Eyes is the first step in helping yourself get past that and protecting your family. The narrow road. We've you know come out this month with uh, we are in gra- we are in generosity right now. Mm-hmm. Or no, excuse me, we're in gratitude. Next month is generosity, so that's already out and set to the presses. So I'm excited about that. We've had more folks join uh, just this past week or two. We've had Scott, Allen, another Allen, Nate, Paul, and John sign up, and a couple of them were from Scotland and Ireland. So that's pretty exciting that we're oh, getting patrons from nice. other countries. And I knew you're going to pull an accent. Well, thing. you know, I'm trying not to because this will be recorded forever. So I don't want to butcher there you it. Go. Yeah. But guys, I mean, I know you've heard about the narrow road. If you're on the fence about it, jump on, man. This thing is very helpful. I'm doing it every day in my life. Victor's doing it in his life. A lot of guys continue to tell me what a difference it's making. In fact, the post office is still suffering, I guess, some some lags from Mm. some of the things going on. And and so some people didn't get theirs for a couple days in the start of the month. And they were reaching out going, hey, what's the deal? Like, I I didn't realize how much I, I missed this thing until I don't have it. So that's a good thing, man. It's telling me it's helping people. Um, and it's helping guys grow into the husbands and the fathers that they're called to be. 
So if you haven't done that, sign up at narrow road, it, just to get on the pew.com slash narrow road. There'll be a box that pops up a pop up and you can sign up in there. If you're a guy who wants to use that or you're looking for materials to use in a men's group, it does come with videos. There's five a month, one on the virtue and four on the other weeks of the month, the relationship with God, your wife, your kids, and your neighbor. So there are those 10 to 12 minute videos that you can show in a group and you can discuss your work and your progress through that virtue and through the opportunities for grace chart as well. So again, you can sign up at justagownapew.com slash narrow road. Uh, if you are somebody who wants to contribute to the ministry, you can do that. You don't have to become a patron if you don't want to. If you just want to give, that's fine too. We welcome that. We like money. So, <laughs> but you can go to donorbox.org slash pew and you can find us there and donate one time or annually or monthly, whatever you want to do. But just know that what, whichever way you give, whichever way you're a part of this ministry, whether you donate or you're going through materials with us, you are all part of this. Um, just know that every bit of it goes back to right. doing what we're doing. We appreciate the help. Too, yeah, yeah, and allowing us to, to continue to help men uh, in a world that sorely needs good, holy men. So just want to say thank you for all of that. Now, back to um, uh, the, the topic for today, which is conditions. So I was sitting in Mass the other day, and I was reading uh, the gospel, actually out of my narrow road. Mm. And I read John ten twenty four. And it was in the middle of this passage where Jesus is walking through the, the portico of Solomon and he's just being followed by Pharisees and Sadducees and people in general. And they're just kind of hounding him, you know, and saying, uh, how, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you were the Messiah, tell us plainly. You know, that's what it says in John 10, mm -hmm. 24. And it made me think like, wow, just in that moment, I go conditions, like the word condition as I'm sitting in the church after mass by myself popped in my head. And I'm like, Man, isn't that the truth? Like we always, it's like we're hounding Jesus. We're following Jesus. We're kind of, you know, doing a two-step with him every once in a while when he's asking for a full dance, but we don't want to commit to the full dance mm -hmm. because we have conditions in our life, right? If you really are the Messiah, show us, make me believe, and then I'll believe. And we put these conditions on, on, uh, on Christ all the time. You know, I want to follow you, but if you do this, then I will do this. And it's always these conditions, and we, we sort of turn our our relationship with Christ into a business deal, you know? Um, and Jesus knew this. Like, he says in John four forty eight, you know, Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. This is another instance where somebody's talking about believing in him. And he's like, come on, man. If, unless I sit here and, you know, pull a rabbit out of my hat, you're right. not going to believe. Like, I've done miracles. I've healed people. I've, I've cured the sick. I've fed people. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, no matter what I do, it's never going to be enough. You're always going to have conditions. So Jesus knew that. And, and you can see it in all kind of other places in scriptures as well. You know, you look at it, even when he's hanging on the cross, right? He's sitting there suffering for us. And, you know, the, the, um, the criminal to the left basically says, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us, right? Get us out of here. That mm -hmm. wasn't for him to necessarily believe in Christ. It was for Christ to get him out of the situation right. he was Save in. Save himself, his own skin. Right. Yeah. So... We see so many times in the Bible where people are constantly, and it's usually the Pharisees, always gigging him or asking for something. But you even see it, you know, after the the, the fish and the loaves, right? He's just fed 5,000 people, goes across the sea, these people follow him, and they're like, you know, what sign can you do that mm -hmm. we may see and believe in you? What can you do? And he's like, where were you five seconds ago? Because right. you look pretty full. I just, yeah. I turned all of this into enough to feed 5,000 people and have baskets left over. Like, what are you asking for? And so it just made me think about how often we put conditions on our relationship with Christ. And, you know, what I started thinking about and pondering over the last few days, we got ready for the podcast, 
is that, you know, conditions are really a sign that we don't trust in something, you know, that we haven't given our full trust to something. Because if you trust in something, you give your full yes. If you don't, that's when you start going, well, you know, somebody comes up and asks you to do something in church and you're like, well, what, what time do I got to be there? How long do I have to be there? Mm-hmm. Are there going to be other people there in case I need to leave? And you start doling out these conditions. Well, we do that in our life too with Christ if we don't fully trust him. So that's what the show's about today is just getting in and talking about these conditions and, and how we can stop putting conditions on our relationship with Christ. Well, I think the Pharisees were so, con- like you said, conditioned to the scripture that anything that deviated from that, they couldn't understand or comprehend. That's yeah. why they said, show me, show me this. Because mm-hmm. this is not matching up to what I want to see from you. Because as we know, conditions are only accepted when it becomes something that we agree with, right? If we don't agree with it, then then the conditions are null and void, like a veto. It's like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm out of here. Well, it's the thing. You can always pull out of the deal, right? Right. And that's, and that's the thing. Like, it's just, they don't, it, it, you know, the conditions are something that we put when we don't trust, but they're also, they also exist so that we get what we want, right? Like, that's, that's the thing. When you sit down at a business table... Then you're sitting buying there going, yeah. I want this. Buying right. a car or right. if it's a merger in a company or something, mm-hmm. like, well, we want to buy your company. Well, here's our terms. Well, then we don't agree with those terms. Here's our terms. And you're constantly going back and forth until you get something that you feel is worth mm-hmm. your time and it's a good deal for you. It's those con- And when my conditions are met, then I make a move. And that's really what we've done is that we're, we're trying to put these conditions on Christ so that we get something out of it. Right, and it, when it becomes a business deal, then love isn't involved anymore. Freely giving isn't involved anymore. It's becoming more of the Lord. If you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. And that's not the kind of relationship we need to have with Christ. God has done everything He could do ever to for us. Mm-hmm. There's never anything that we need to come back with conditions for Him to do. But yet we find it because we we find ourselves placing conditions because. We never know if the grass is greener on the other side, right? So we're starting counting our what we've got over here. Well, I kind of comfortable in who I am and what I've got, and I like my life. I I don't want to go to hell, but I'm, I'm 28 or 35 right. or whatever, and I, I should have a lot of more years before I get around to this. And we start going, okay, what's on this side? And I can't really see where that fence. Now I'm told I get all these blessings and stuff, but then there's this thing called suffering and all this other stuff that goes along. I don't I don't really suffer a lot now. And my life is fine. So we start saying, okay, Jesus, like, I know I need this. And at some point in my life, I'm going to need this. So I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. And then that's where we go down the wrong road, right? Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want a deal. He wants your heart. It's not a business shake. You know, you're not doing the old Boss Hogg and Jesse Duke from the Dukes right. of Hazzard spitting in their hands and shaking But hands. even then, Boss Hogg tricked him. Anyway. That's right. Yeah. He's right. had something going on, the back, on the, in, the, right. in the back room somewhere. Right. But but no, that's, that's what we're really doing is we're putting these conditions on God. And, you know, as I thought further about this, you know, what we're really saying when we put those conditions on him is that really, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's at the root of all of this is I don't trust you. You know, you haven't proven yourself to me. And that's that's really, that I don't trust you really manifests itself in these four different truths that I was thinking about, these four different ways. And the first one is I want proof, right? Mm-hmm. We want proof in our life. We don't fully give ourselves over to God because we want proof that it's a better life. We want proof that it's all real, right? And that we won't lose ourselves in the deal. What I mean by that is we want proof that like, okay, is it is all this real or is this something man made up to make themselves feel better at night, right? Is this something that, that makes people feel more secure? Is there really a God? Is there really a Jesus? Did a guy really resurrect from the dead? You know, that's the thing that you start asking in that is show me, show me, show me. The same way those Pharisees were, the same way the guy on the cross was, is, is they're constantly asking because 
they don't want to take that leap of faith. And that's such the important part of our faith is at some point you have to believe. Jesus even said himself, you know, blessed are you that have believed, but blessed are they who have not seen and believed, right? He's saying, blessed are those like he's talking about us people today that weren't walking with him, you know, that believe even though they have not witnessed it with their own eyes. And so that's such a huge part of our faith, but there's always that part in us that says, I want proof. You know, I'll show it. And we do it in our relationships in real life. You know, when you're like, well, is there really a party going on? Let me see an invitation. You know, are you guys fooling me again? You know, you told me mm-hmm. to go here one night and nobody was there. You know, like, is this really going on? Show Sounds me like proof. Sounds like ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of years of that too. Yeah. Wound up in many a Taco Bell alone. Right. Waffle houses. <laughs> but no, there. that's the thing is we want that proof. And then the other part is we we want proof that we're not going to lose ourselves. right? That, okay, God, if I, if I give you what you want, am I still going to be able to be myself? Am yeah. I still going to have fun? Am I still going to, can I go drink as much as I want to and not feel guilty about it? Can I go do these other things? And so we put that condition of give me proof on Christ. And it really limits where we can go in our spiritual life because it's, it's like a roadblock. Because Christ is just sitting there going, no, like I don't deal in, in conditions. I deal in absolutes, right? Like I've told you what it takes. And if you're not willing to do it, that's your choice, right? I gave you free will. But I'm not going to sit here and, and answer your conditions. I don't need to. I'm God. You're my creation. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, you were talking about I had a flashback when I did put a condition on God one time. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was probably like, you know, maybe 14 years old. And I, I asked God, I says, please, when we play, you know, Miami Hurricanes, Florida State plays Miami Hurricanes, <laughs> please do not miss a field goal. Was that to the right? So, yeah, it was always one that I said, all right, whatever. I don't remember, but I remember making like a, you know, a quote unquote deal saying, yeah. if we win this game, you know, I'm going to do something, whatever. So right. I thought, well, I guess he misses so us in the gates what my contract was, you know. Sure. But that's how we walk around the world today. We think that, well, if God didn't do that or didn't, because he says, you know, he says, ask and not you shall receive. Well, yeah. I guess, you know, if, if I ain't important enough to get that, so therefore, we're kind of like we're, we're we're on terms, but we're not like on the terms. Sure, I wanted to be that way, I guess. Yeah, or yeah. we're you know we're we're walking around because we've been the god of our own life so long yeah. that we're walking around trying to give the true god the business, right? We're trying to give right. him the rules and, and regulations of our terms, and, and try to get he's over just them. going like, yeah. you know, do you want to you want to be in heaven or you want to be in hell? Like right. that's up to you. But we ask for that proof, you know, and and that's the thing is is. We want that proof, just like I said earlier in that in that John six thirty. What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? Again, I mean, Christ had had just done the greatest miracle anybody had ever seen, right? He took these little fish, four mm-hmm. or five of them, depending on which you know, if you're feeding the four thousand or five thousand, and right. then the loaves of bread, and then he just he feeds everybody, and there's so much abundance left over, and people are still questioning. Saying, well, what can you do? I mean, he must have been like, right. you know, I think I saw a cart behind the, the yeah. mountain. That's probably where it came from. So yeah, guys, right. he had this plan. So it's like, it was, dude, uh, were you asleep? Right. Like, what did you miss? Like, how right. did you miss that? And so that's the way I think we can be in our lives a lot too. Is just mm-hmm. constantly demanding more and more. There has to come a point in our life where we say, you know what? God has proven Himself trustworthy to me, and I'm going to take this leap of faith. I'm mm-hmm. going to believe in Him with everything that I am. You know, the next thing we want to do is we want to barter, right? (laughs) We want to barter with God. We want to start putting our offer on the table. Like you could actually see, you know, God sitting there across a business table and you're going, sliding your paper and going, all right, God, what do you think about that? And he's just going, I'm not going to read that. Right. I'm going to flip the page over. (laughs) I already gave you my terms. It's that uh, 2000 or that 1500 year old book. Yeah. (laughs) Plus I gave you my son too, by the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we treat our relationship with Jesus as that business deal and, 
It's like, if I give this up, will you give me something better? What do I get out of it? If I believe a little, is that enough to go to heaven, right? If mm-hmm. I just, if I go to church for, you know, once a Sunday a month, if I, you know, go to confession once every five years, is that enough? And we try to deal with God and it's like, no, I've already made a deal. My son made a deal to go and do mm-hmm. what I asked him to do so he could sacrifice his life and free you to be with me forever. That was the deal. That is the deal. That will always be the deal. The rest of it is left up to you. And whether you choose to to accept that or not is up to you. So if you get a bad deal, you have no one to blame but yourself. Right. But that's the thing. Like our our relation our, our our relationship is supposed to be that, a relationship with God. And relationships, true love, all these things, when we have a, just a close, intimate relationship with somebody, we don't make demands of people. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't. You know, we should just, we do for each other, and we're there for each other and all those things, but we don't ever put conditions on love. That's why it's called unconditional love. But so often we do it with God, and it's what keeps us from growing further in the spiritual life. Because he is not, he doesn't answer to us. He doesn't have to. And if we keep doing that, then we're going to find ourselves in the same place. Do you, you remember that story in the Acts where I think we're not there yet, but where Peter, was it guy the uh, Simon the magician, mm-hmm. kind of came up Peter and told him and said, "Hey man, give me that, give me that that, that power, power give have, the power. Yeah. I got, how much money do you need that?" And what is you know Peter, his old Peter came back and says he just got blew up and just got out mad at him, right? Yeah, because he was trying to earn a gift that he that he really had nothing for it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, like he tried to buy something of God. You yeah. Know? And, and and sometimes we do that. We see God as a currency sometimes. Yeah. You know, for our own benefit and our own needs at certain moments in our lives. You know, like I, we said, the conditions are. Sure. For this one moment, God, I need you. I need you now. Yep. You know, I need you now. But uh, but but by the way, I'm not going to ask, you know, this again. Sure. Or and again, do this and I'll right. say 17 rosaries, I right. promise, and that right. kind of stuff. And just we don't believe enough that God will do things for us out of his love for us. Right. So we've got to place conditions on it. But you know, again, like one, we said, I don't trust you. Two, we want proof. Three, we want to barter. Four, we want a guarantee, right? Like mm-hmm. we want God to sign on the dotted line to our terms. You know, can you guarantee that I'll be happy and that I will go to heaven no matter what? And that's not the deal. You don't get to freely go about and do whatever you want and then have some get out of jail free card. You know, we've talked about that a million times, a gut check and all those things. It's hell is real, heaven is real, and the choice of where you're gonna go is yours and that's real. But oftentimes we want a guarantee. We don't want to stick our toe in the water until we know there's no alligators, no sharks, and the mm-hmm. temperature's 89.9, you know? We don't want anything wrong. We want a perfect deal. And that's not what comes with it. Jesus had to suffer. We're going to have to suffer. You know, people's faith is tested. Our faith will be tested. We have to go through the trials that everyone else before us had to go through. And so there is no guarantee that, you know, your life is going to be easy as a Christian or that you're going to get everything that you want or that you're not going to have to give up things in your life that you enjoy. That's really what we're asking for is, can I have my life now as it is that I love and follow you and do they mix? And a lot of times the answer is no, because there's a lot of things we've been reading a lot about the vines and the branches, right? And God pruning. We were talking about that last night in the group is that he doesn't just prune the bad people and the bad stuff that he wants to throw away. He prunes each and every one of us. So even if you're already living a good life, but you give your life over to Christ because you can be a sound morally person and not follow Christ. You can live a moral life, you know, be be nice and good to people. But even somebody like that, when they come into the fold, when they come into the family, into the church of God, he's still going to find things within them that need to be pruned. And so there is no guarantee that you just get to keep everything that you have when you come into that life. And you mentioned the apostles a minute ago. 
I mean, in the early church, what did they do? They gave everything to the right. good of everybody. Shared, yeah. Right? And the one person who didn't, guess what? He and his wife like turned to dust or salt or whatever in front of Peter. He said, why are you lying? You got more money. No, I don't. You're lying. Poof. And they just yeah. melted or whatever right there in front of them. So we have to remember, like, this is a give and a take relationship. God has given us the greatest gift that we could ever receive in his son and, and the chance of eternal life with him. And that doesn't come without us giving of ourselves. And so this selfish idea of God, I'll do what you want if you do what I want, if you meet these conditions and you guarantee me they'll be met, are always going to leave us in a place alone and separated from God because he's not playing that game, right? He doesn't have to. He's God. We're the creation. And we have to keep that in our minds. You know, the the, the next one I would talk about is that we want to remain in control, right? That's oh, yeah. really the thing. Yeah. We want that guarantee so that in the end we can remain in control. Mm-hmm. I'll follow you, but I still want to steer the ship, right? I, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to be in charge of my life. And guys, I got news for you. We've said it on here in a bunch of different ways in different shows. God is in charge of your life. You know, He is. In, if you don't think so, then hold your breath and see if you can if, if you can keep from breathing. You can't because God wants you to breathe. He is in control of your life. Now you still have to surrender and admit that, right? There's a God. I'm not Him. I need to submit to Him. He is the Creator. I am the creation, and my life will be better if I surrender. But we don't want that because that means that we can't pick and choose the decisions and we can't pick and choose what we're guilty of and not guilty of and what sins that we're going to, you know, we can look past and what right. ones we or can try to remove to the idea of guilt anyways in our lives. Yeah. Right. And so we can't do that. So that's the that's really the last piece, that last condition we put on God is that we want to remain in control. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, we've talked about before that most of the time, if you've done that in your life and maybe you've been brought to your knees in some sort of thing like I was, or maybe you've just come to a realization one day that you need God in your life. But it's almost like when you take your hands off of that car wheel, that steering wheel for of your life for the first time after all those years, you can be, it's like you have arthritis in your hands, right? Mm-hmm. Because you white knuckled your life so much that all these, you didn't even realize you were doing it anymore, right? That stress, that anxiety, that tension of trying to control your life, trying to, to run and steer through everything in your life has just worn you down and it's become normal in your life to feel that way. But when you when you give up that control, when you quit asking for guarantees, when you quit asking for uh, conditions on your relationship with God, and you give to him, you surrender everything, then you're free of all that. And that's where you really find that joy in your life, that right. peace in your life. Is that, man, I was sitting here trying to juggle all these you know, bowling pins that were on mm-hmm. fire for all these years, and I didn't have to. You know, God can do that. God's way more powerful than I am. And so those are the things that I see that we when we put on these conditions on God, that's what we're asking for. Again, we don't trust him. We don't. We want proof. We want a barter. We want a guarantee. And we want to remain in control. So now let's talk about a how-to on really how do we stop this or what do we do to realize that this is going on in our life and, and to stop putting conditions on God. I would say first we need to realize that God loves us unconditionally, you know, and he deserves to be loved in the same way by us. You know, God doesn't put conditions on love. He has rules that we have to follow in our life, you know, and they're for our own good. But he doesn't put conditions on, for me to love you, you have to do this. He loves mm-hmm. us because he created us and we're his. You know, John Paul II even said, do not forget that true love sets no conditions. It does not calculate or complain, but simply loves. That's where we have to get to in our life, where we're not putting those those conditions on God or anybody else, that we're learning to love with our full heart and with our full yes and our full surrender to those in our life and to God. You know, number two, I would say, we need to realize that God doesn't answer to us, we answer to him. He's given us free will to choose. And that in itself 
should tell us how much he loves us right there. He doesn't force us, right? If he was a domineering, demanding God, we'd all be in chains and, and building towers of Babel, right? Or whatever else. But he's not like that. He says, look, the choice is yours. I love you so much, you'll never fathom it. But I'll also love you so much to allow you to choose what you want. And if that's hell, then I love you enough to give it to you. If it's me, then I love you enough to give it to you. So we have to realize that he doesn't answer to us. We don't need conditions in our relationship and that we don't need to put any on him. Um, The next thing would be that God doesn't owe us anything, right? He doesn't owe us anything. A lot of time we sit at a table when we're making a deal and we're saying, you owe me, right? You owe me, especially when we've been wounded in our life or something like that. You owe me. God paid that debt years and years and years ago with his son Christ on on the cross, right? Jesus went up there willingly and of his own will to go up there and do that for us. So he doesn't owe us anything else. He's paid the debt that God you know, said that was necessary for us that had to, had to wash away original sin. He paid that with his blood. So he does not owe us anything. So we need to quit acting like God has to do something for us to be able to follow him. Uh, number four, we have to surrender everything to him. It's not a negotiation. There is no business table. You're not sitting across from God demanding deals. You should be on your knees thanking God for everything he's done in your life, whether you realize it or not, because he is, he loves you. And no matter the bad things, the good things, whatever has, has happened in your life, He's always been there for you. So there is no there is no negotiation. It's total surrender. When we surrender is when we find the joy and the peace we've been looking for in our life. If we continue to try to control things, then we're going to continue to be in the place we are in our life. So surrender. Take that in your mind, that negotiation table, that business deal, all of that out of your mind, and look at it as, as a very grateful and thankful person that God finds you worthy enough to save, even though we don't deserve it. Number five, once we've given our yes, we have to trust in them. We have to trust that he is good and he wills our good. You know, I, I think about that Billy Graham video where he's he says, you know, I don't trust in my money. I don't trust in the government. I don't trust in myself. I trust in God and God alone. It's such a powerful clip in that mm-hmm. video. I watch it all the time. And it's the truth. Like, once we've given our yes, we have to trust him. Like, that yes means I'm done. Like, here's everything. I'm not holding back. There's not, you know, my fingers aren't crossed behind my back. I'm fully surrendered. And now, God, I'm trusting you. And when those words come out of your mouth and they're true from your heart, God starts to do miracles in your life. He starts to change your life and he starts to show you just how much joy you can have that you've been looking for your whole life. So we have to trust in God that he loves us and that he's got our best in mind. So, all right, guys, I hear that music. Look, God loves you unconditionally and he deserves the same from you. Stop placing conditions on your relationship with him. Surrender and trust in his goodness. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you've given us so much that we are ridiculously undeserving of. Your love is freely given and it is unconditional. Help us to respond to that unconditional love by fully surrendering and trusting in you. And Father, whenever we find ourselves trying to place conditions on our relationship with you, remind us that you are a trustworthy God who has always kept his promises. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.